It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Auburn loses Jeremy Garrett to the NFL, and it's going to be really hard to replace. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked on Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked on Auburn your first listen every single day. It's Monday. We're joined by Lindsey Crosby of AuburnDaily.com, as well as a million other places. And Lindsey, we'll talk about the loss of a member of the 2025 class. And I also kind of want your help, as well as our audience's help, in filling out the pre-spring depth chart. But first things first, the news that came out Friday, Jeremy Garrett is moving on. He will now be with the Jacksonville Jaguars. The former Auburn defensive line coach was a staple in what Auburn and Hugh Freeze were doing on the recruiting trail and as far as what they did on defense a year ago. Jeremy Garrett was seen as his rising star. He followed Hugh Freeze from Liberty to Auburn and he had been an incredibly pleasant surprise during his time here, both on the fields, because I think Auburn's defensive line leaned out over their skis a little bit last year. Mm-hmm. And then on the recruiting front, I mean, what we saw him do as far as the end of the 2024 class, landing Amaris Williams, being in the running for a handful of other guys, locking down TJ Lindsay and Malik Blockton, did a great job. And then you look ahead to 2025, and Auburn's got like the top four defensive linemen in the state of Alabama committed. A lot of that, Due to him and just the timing of this and with the NFL coaching carousel being a little bit later than the college coaching carousel, I think the timing of this is tough. And it was already going to be close to impossible to replace the level of production that Jeremy Garrett was capable of and what he was doing. Doing it even later, I think this hurts the Auburn Tigers big, Lindsay. I really do. Yeah, it's uh, the timing's not ideal. And my like this is. Slightly off topic, I feel like you're going to see more guys leaving for the NFL. Uh, just talking about NIL, yeah. recruiting your own roster, trans, all that stuff. Feels like you're going to see more guys go into the NFL, but... Coaching, uh, you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry, sorry, coaching. Uh, it is, I think, a feather in your cap that you were able to... Like, if you were to lose him, you didn't lose him to another SEC school, you didn't lose sure. him to a non-SEC school, you lost him to the NFL. And the allure of going to do this at the highest level. Like, there is something to that. And so, like, would you rather have kept him? Yes. But if you weren't able to keep him, this, I think, was probably the best case scenario, was losing him to the NFL where they said, hey, you did such a great job at Auburn. We want you to come do it with professional athletes. And so that's not bad. But it is less than ideal timing-wise because, obviously, you're already into February. And so... Like, even if you get a well-regarded coach from another school, yeah, you don't have the opportunity to bring in any of his guys for spring practice. Mm. Somebody could transfer after spring, get here over the summer. Right. We, we've had conversations on the show before, you and I have, about how that's less than ideal. Is there a possibility that you can mitigate some of the being behind on scheme when you're on the defensive line and your job is to just maul the guy in front of you? Yes, but it's... It's not ideal timing because most of the studs are already in their new jobs and it's hard to get players to come with that coach. So not not ideal, but I think it's not the worst case scenario in the world for the way it went down. 
Yeah, the fact that he's going to the NFL, maybe it helps Hugh Freeze strengthen his argument when he goes and tries to poach another coach, another defensive lineman that's elsewhere and saying, hey, the guy that was here was here for a year. Then he was, you know, he was interested at, uh, you know, NFL teams were interested in him. Perhaps, mm -hmm. perhaps I think that can be the case for you. I do think this hire is substantial because I don't love the situation on the roster in regards to the 2024 Auburn Tigers defensive line. Yeah. I don't love it. I was okay with it because I trusted Jeremy Garrett. Now, whoever comes in, I want to see who it is before I really make my fi final verdict on how I feel about this uh, this Auburn defensive line. And then you feel good about the future of the 2025 classes coming in, but you've got to hire a guy that they want to come play for because the recruitment, obviously, for these kids in February is so far from over. Yeah. So far from over. I mean, Auburn saw a guy flip over the course of the weekend. So, uh, that matters. That certainly, certainly matters. I wrote at auburndaily.com three three different ways that they could go, three different options. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a good article. Thanks, bud. One is truly external. One is technically external, but has been here. I mean, he he's a lifelong Auburn Tiger. And then one is truly internal. So the truly external option is Kyle Pope the Georgia Tech defensive line coach. He coached for Hugh Freeze at Liberty in 2019. He was the inside linebackers coach for Freeze back then. Mm -hmm. and anytime Freeze talks about uh, a coaching hire, and we heard a lot of this when he talked to media down in Mobile, and Daryl and I recapped it you know, right afterwards, but he wants to trust the guys around him, obviously. Mm -hmm. And he talks about culture fit with all of these guys, not just with the coach, but their family. If he hired him before, surely he feels that. Um, and so would Kyle Pope potentially fit the culture of this coaching staff? Possibly. Multiple stints at Memphis. He's at Georgia Tech now. He's going to be familiar with the Southeast. And then obviously he's going to be familiar with the expectations that Hugh Freeze has for him. Yeah, and I think the big thing there is, yes, he's external to Auburn, but he's not external to Hugh Freeze. That's mm -hmm. the big thing. And and. Kind of having already read the article, we're going to cover the last two in, in just a second. Having already read the article, he feels like a good combination of Hugh Freeze knows him. Uh, he knows the SEC, having been a grad assistant at Alabama and right. being from Sylacauga. So he's, Huge. he's familiar with the state of Alabama. He's familiar with the SEC and he's familiar with Hugh Freeze. So without us naming the other two, Kyle Pope is so far my favorite candidate of the three. And I think he is my favorite of the three, not to give anything away. If I had to pick someone right now, based off of the names that I've heard, I mean, mm -hmm. in a perfect world, I want Ed Orgeron to come coach the defensive <laughs> line, but I don't think that's realistic. I don't think man, that's realistic. The food would be so good though. Oh man. Absolutely. That'd be great. God. That'd be great. Um, all right. The second option is Rodney Garner, which is probably the most popular name I saw on message boards and social media after it happened. Mm -hmm. He's th this would be his third stint at Auburn as a coach. Obviously, he played at Auburn, an Auburn alum. And I mean, he put guys in the NFL in an era where we were putting more guys in the, the NFL than we ever had during that Malzahn era, the peak part of the Gus Malzahn era. Mm -hmm. Obviously, he's had success at Georgia. He's at Tennessee now. He knows the SEC and has succeeded in the SEC. So that one is interesting. I do wonder if that's politically motivated to some extent because I know some of the big money likes Rodney Garner. They've got a relationship with Rodney Garner. Does Hugh Freeze want to start his own thing? Or is Rodney Garner such a good defensive line coach and such a good recruiter where he doesn't really care? He just wants the best option on the staff. 
I don't know. But uh, Rodney Garner does have a different coaching style and has a different feel than um, than what Hugh Freeze is doing. So Rodney Garner would make sense, uh, but I also could poke holes in why it's the perfect fit. Yeah, and and I'm a little bit hesitant on that one simply because, and, and this is nothing against Rodney Garner, right? I mean, he's he's been here before. He's a good coach. But I love I, Rodney Garner. I yeah, don't know if I, mean, I love Rodney Garner on the staff. Yeah, I was about to say, like, it's the fit on this particular staff doesn't necessarily necessarily scream to me. And maybe I'm just feeling a little burnt out on the former Auburn guys as coaches, but I do think, I think I'd rather have Pope than Garner. Again, Garner's popular, the recruiting would do well, but mm -hmm. I just feel like at this point, with the struggles you saw last year sometimes with the coaching and the scheme and things like that, my biggest priority, because we know Hugh Freeze can recruit, so my biggest priority is a guy that's X's and O's sound, that works well with Hugh Freeze, and we know that Pope does that. We don't necessarily know that Rodney Garner would do that. Last option, and this one is just purely internal. If that's the route Hugh Freeze wants to go, I do not think this is happening, but if it were to happen, uh, the, the guys in the room already love, they were, you know, they're referring to him as the assistant D-line coach. His official title is the Auburn defensive line analyst, but that is Von Trell, King Williams, he's a grad uh, I guess he's not a grad assistant, he's an analyst. But um, obviously he knows everybody in the room. He already has the respect of everybody mm. in the room just from you know having conversations with some of the guys. Um, I don't think this is the move that they'll go. But if you freeze for, some, for whatever reason, wanted to take a flyer on this hire, didn't mean to rhyme there, <laughs> Vontrell King Williams, he is, uh, yeah, he's Auburn's defensive line analyst. If they wanted this hire to be strictly internal. I do not think they'll go this direction, but I do think his name is worth mentioning. Yeah, I um, I didn't realize you were uh, making drinks here, you know, dropping bars. Um, I was a Von poet, King and I didn't even yeah. know it. Oh, got him. Montreal wow. King Williams makes a lot of sense from the perspective of if you are prioritizing keeping your current room intact. We are, we've already talked about. You're a little concerned about what's going to happen in 24, given where the room is right now. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, you, you know you you trusted Jeremy Garrett to take care of that. Montreal King Williams would theoretically give you some continuity there, but you make a great case in the article about recruiting. You do have an unknown quantity there for recruiting now. Now, I'm not going to say he's a bad recruiter. We literally don't know. We don't know because as an yeah. analyst, he can't leave campus to go recruit, and so. Uh, it, it, does that end up putting more work on Hugh Freeze, a guy who, you know, is already going to be taking a heavier uh, role in game planning and game and, and calling certain plays and things like that during the season? Does that take more of that away from him if you have to have Hugh Freeze recruit more of defensive linemen because Vontrell King Williams is an unknown quantity there? So, yeah, given these three, I I feel like Kyle Pope is the guy for me as of right now for a lot of the reasons that we've mentioned. I don't necessarily think any of these are the wrong answer. I just think it's different levels of right. Yeah, and I think Kyle Pope is um, is the one that that I, I would be most excited about of those three. And of course, mm -hmm. it could be anybody. Those are just three that I kind of had heard, and so one of the. It's actually out there. Zach. It's actually Zach. Zach is a new D line coach. Uh, that'd be wild. That would not be good. That would not be good. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's Kyle Pope. He's the D line coach at Georgia Tech. Rodney Garner, former Auburn D-line coach. He is now with, at Tennessee in the same position. Then Vontrell King-Williams, the Auburn defensive line analyst, the three names that we just mentioned there. Auburn lost a commit, and they flipped to a former analyst who's now an on-field coach. Is there any cause for concern here? 
we discuss in just a moment, right here on Locked on Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. We love LinkedIn Jobs here on the Locked on Podcast Network because uh, they make it easy. They make it easy to find quality candidates, qualified candidates for your job. We we talk about Hugh Freeze. You know, you don't want to like make a move that puts more stress on Hugh Freeze, the CEO essentially of that business. It's the same with you and your small business. You want to make sure you hire somebody that helps put you in a situation to succeed. And LinkedIn understands how busy that you are. Because LinkedIn is not just another job board. It's a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. Post your job for free right now. LinkedIn.com slash college. That is LinkedIn.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Lindsey Crosby, our guest on this Monday over at AuburnDaily.com, as well as a million other places. Feels like a million. Baseball starting up, folks. Uh, that's right. That's right. I checked them out uh, over the weekend. I went on Thursday, Friday. Friday. Went on Friday. Yep, they look good. Uh, all right, Auburn drops. Uh, Auburn loses the commitment from Kendarius Riddick, the defensive back. Very, very talented. Flipping to UCF, which isn't the best look in the world. Just, just honest. I think he's the 32nd ranked player in this class. So not ideal. Um, Travon Reed, you got to assume, was a big part of this, who is now the corners coach for Gus Malzahn at UCF. And it was weird him celebrating like this Auburn lost the commitment and he's tweeting about like all aboard the Gus bus and stuff like that. It was a weird feeling because I'm happy for him, but also like, Kendarius Riddick, please come here. It, it, this, you know, I, I talked on Friday's show to Brian Smith, our recruiting expert, mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, I talked to Kendarius a few months ago. He did a great article at Auburn Daily about Kendarius, and he was talking about the fact that, like, this guy is um, is solid to Auburn, but he's also quiet. I saw Cole Pinkson on three say a similar thing not that long ago. I mean, this this appeared to be unexpected, and the fact that they lose him to where Trevon Reed just went – like, is there any cause for concern here? My gut says no, but if we see this happen another time, my answer will quickly change, Lindsay. See, I think it's... I don't think that the look is as bad because Trevon Reed is now there. And we and I understand that externally, sure. a lot of people may not know what Auburn fans know about how critical and how useful Trevon Reed was for recruiting. I mean, despite Mm -hmm. not being an on-field coach at Auburn, except for during coaching changes when we elevated them for a couple weeks, uh, Auburn fans understand how good of a recruiter Trevon Reed was. And so losing him, while there may be people nationally or whatever that just see it and say, oh, that's not a good look for Auburn, people who really know the SEC and know recruiting understand this isn't as bad as it looks because of Trevon Reed. Now, if Trevon Reed hadn't gone there and he just wanted to go play for Gus Malzahn, it'd be a, it'd be different because 
this is, I mean, some people are calling this DBU. Some people are calling you Mr. DB. Like, you know, just that this, this show and that this school makes defensive backs for the NFL. And so losing a guy is never great, but at least it went to UCF and to Trevon Reed. And there was an explanation you can give versus just losing a guy to a, a Kansas or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, these recruiting ranks, especially early in the class, are wild. He's 32nd. He's the 32nd player ranked in the country on on three. Then 247 has him at 109. And Rivals, Rivals has him, him at 152. That's a major difference. It, I, think, I think the solution here, like the answer to this is nobody knows anything, really. He's yeah. going into his junior year, and just the delta on the evaluations of these guys is so different because yeah. they were like – underclassmen it's different competition it's all kind of just like you're going to have a better idea at the end of this season what this kind of uh, uh what where he actually is and what you're actually losing yeah and then also but also I do want to point it out we do have two years to potentially get him back into the fold so it's not like this is completely over and done he's a class of 2025 like, yeah so which, I, mean, which I mean he'll sign in like nine months so I mean okay. they've got a yeah, I forgot the, this is already the year ahead. Before. Yeah, it's the year ahead. It's weird because like the signing signing day is like really like the year prior to what they're saying now because the normal signing day is all but disappeared. Which yeah. is okay. So we have weird. nine months to get him back, and 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 yeah. it could it could happen. Obviously, you don't commit. Uh, you commit to Auburn University, and a lot of these guys talk really well about Hugh Freeze, and so you've got time. And the I think Zach Etheridge was part of this too, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, his his position group. Um, he was recruited yeah. by Zach, and so Zach now being at Houston, um, probably, probably hurts that either. too. Yeah. Yeah. So. But one of the things that you heard from a lot of recruits, a lot of the guys that flipped to Auburn in the last class, was that Auburn never stopped recruiting them, even after they committed to an Alabama, that's right, A and M somewhere else. Auburn never stopped calling them. Auburn never stopped reaching out and just having conversations with them, and they stayed in the fight. So. Yep. Who knows? Maybe you'll stay in the fight for Kadarius Riddick. Yeah, and I mean, who knows what the temperature is going to be in Orlando. I mean, I, I think they're already starting to get a little frustrated with Gus. I don't wish any ill will towards Gus Malzahn, but they're starting to get to where we were a few years into the tenure. It's like, Fr what team are we? Frustrated like, are with we? Gus Malzahn? Like, I don't... This just some compute. sort of consistency. Come on. So, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see. But yeah, the fact that you know he's probably going to be recruited by... With this version of the staff, Charles Kelly and and mm -hmm. and McGriff, like you, you feel you feel okay about it. You're going to stay uh, in that fight, I think. Yeah. Another quick note uh, on the recruiting front here is uh, you know Naheem offered the the very talented uh, in-state player. He he chose to go to Ohio State, and I just I don't think that this is over. Once again, nine months till a lot of these kids sign. And to me, it feels, and I've seen this other places too, feels a little similar to Kay and Lee. McGriff flipped Kay and Lee from Ohio State to Auburn. They are not going to back off of this kid either. They're going to be all over him. And so if, if Auburn's smart, they ask him to go on a visit to Ohio State right now because it is not, it is not, it is not good up there right now. It yep. is at this exact moment of time of recording. It's 37 degrees in Columbus, Ohio right now. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So go visit him. Go visit him. Insane. See how it goes. It's insane. So yeah, name offered worth following there too. That one is far from over. All right. Uh, 
I need help filling out my pre-spring depth chart. There's a few positions that I'm waffling back and forth, Lindsay. I would love your thoughts on. Got and it. I'd like your thoughts in the, you know, drop them in the comments down below or hit me up on Twitter. Would love to hear your thoughts on them as well. That's coming up right here on Locked On Auburn. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Alumni Hall. Lindsay, you love Alumni Hall. I love Alumni Hall. If you're watching, you probably love Alumni Hall. If you don't, it's just because you haven't been there before. They've got three great physical locations. You've been to them, Lindsay. You understand. There's one in Opelika, which is in Tigertown. Yep. There's one in Auburn, which is off yep. of College Street. Mm -hmm. There's one in uh, Hunts Vegas, also known as Huntsville. Um, so, yeah, all their stuff officially licensed. And Lindsay, with baseball coming around the corner, I went last week. They've got baseball jerseys out, or at least the Tigertown location does. And I think that's crucial. I think that's crucial for this fan base because Auburn yeah. people are sober. Don't be the guy wearing an Auburn football shirt to a baseball game. Or even don't worse, do don't be the guy wearing a random Patriots shirt to an Auburn baseball game. Not that Zach does that. Zach does not do that. I've probably done that before. I, I think like once or twice. It was cold. We had like a hoodie or something on. Yeah, it's, I'm sure I've once. done that before. Yeah. yeah, don't be me. Be better than me. Don't be And that. go to Alumni Hall. And if you're like, well, I don't, ha I don't live anywhere close to those physical locations. Well, you can go to alumnihall.com. It'll get shipped right to your door. And you can check out everything they've got. So alumnihall.com or any of the three great physical locations. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right, Lindsay, there's a few position groups that I'm still kind of waffling on as far as my pre-spring depth chart, and we'll probably have that out either late this week or early next week. Okay. But... Both outside receiver and slot is interesting to me because I think we're going to talk about this with the defensive backs too as far as like where do we put Keontae Scott, which I guess we got to put him in outside corner. I think whatever you do with Caleb Burton, it dictates what you do with the rest of the wide receivers as far as the depth chart goes. We saw Caleb Burton play a lot of outside receiver in the bowl game, mm -hmm. and then we also saw him play a lot of slot in the season, especially as the season went on. So like, how is he going to be used? Because if he, if this coaching staff sees him more as a slot, I'll put Caleb Burton ahead of Jay fair in the slot position. Yep. But if they like Jay fair and they're like, you know what? No, Jay fair is a starter. So then that makes me put, okay, well, cam Coleman's one of the outside receivers. Yes. And then I guess Caleb Burton could be the other outside wide receiver. But they also like Robert Lewis a bunch, the Georgia State transfer. So th this one's tricky to me as far as the depth chart for wide receiver going into spring. Yeah, I mean, Cam Coleman feels as locked as you can be into one of those outside. That's the easy one. Provided he's Check. healthy. Right. We're done, done there. Right. Done. Um, yeah, it's it's Jay Fair and Caleb Burton or Caleb Burton and Robert Lewis. And I I part of me wonders is there a way that a Bryce Kane fights his way into that and makes it into a four man thing? Yes, for, there is a way. For, I don't think it's I don't think it's the most likely situation, but it is possible, one hundred percent. Yeah, and so like yeah, you're in that scenario. Like, there's pros and cons for each. The thing that I wonder is, in spring, do you see Auburn kind of build two separate rotations? 
and Burton comes on and off the field with one specific position? Or do you see, say, Jay Fair rotate out and Robert Lewis rotate in and Burton just moves positions? Because mm-hmm. I think it feels like your top two receivers are Caleb Burton and Cam Coleman. Those are the two guys you know are going to be on the field. The question is, do you give Caleb Burton an opportunity to just like play at one spot based on where you think he's going to be? Or do you just have him kind of playing at both all spring and seeing, well, okay, as we rotate in a Jay Fair or rotate in a Robert Lewis, which of those guys makes the case that I need to be on the field? So, like, are you deciding based on Caleb Burton or are you deciding based on that third guy? I think that's the big question for me. And there's a chance that this staff likes Jay Fair more than Caleb Burton. I think there's a chance at that. I don't know if I'm buying that entirely. But I'm just, I'm just looking at how I think the average Auburn fan sees Caleb Burton as a slot receiver because he kind of looks like a slot. 5'11", 170, you know, something like that. Yeah. Looking at PFF, he took 84 snaps at the slot and 100 snaps out wide. So, that, one, that's pretty balanced. Yeah, it's pretty even. That's very valuable if you're an offensive coach. That's very valuable to have that. But he played more outside. A lot of that had to do with him playing 47 of those 100 snaps in the bowl game. (laughs) So what do we make out of that? Was that because so many guys entered the portal? We had Shorter enter the portal, so he wasn't available. Amari Kelly, Malcolm Johnson Jr., Javari Johnson. Like, were the departure of those guys why he played that much out there? Like, I don't think so. Were they looking at something? Were they trying something because they liked Jay Fair so much at the slot? Or Sam Jackson coming in, the former Cal quarterback, to play some slot? Did they get the feeling that Bryce Kane was going to push people for their jobs at the slot? Like I, I don't know, but I do think that's worth pointing out over and over and over again that of the, of the 100 snaps that Caleb Burton took out wide, 47 of them, half, pretty Probably much half, half yeah. we're three away from half, quick math there, were from the bowl game. And so like, is that relevant? Is that more relevant because it was the most recent thing and they want to see what they have? Or is it not as relevant because of the bowl game? I, I don't know. Yeah, like, is it the extenuating circumstances on that? Or is it a deliberate decision to give him that work because we want to see him there? And, like, that's that's the tough thing. And so yeah. it's, what are your opinions? I guess, what are this not yours, the coaching staff's opinions of Jay Fair? Uh, how much does Bryce Kane and Robert Lewis, how much do they fight for playing time right away? And then where is Caleb Burton best? Do we feel like he could do probably the same or equivalent job out wide or in the slot? Or is it something where he's kind of shoehorned out wide and he's more uh, natural, explosive, reliable, whatever in the slot? Like there's a lot we don't really know here. And what I need is for somebody to, uh, at a media availability, ask Hugh Freeze and then maybe write up their thoughts on a website, something like at AuburnDaily.com. Yeah, yeah. Should have asked him that down in Mobile. That's just not where the presser went. We were talking about coaches and quarterbacks. You can always ask about quarterbacks. So, um, yeah. So, like, right now, I don't even know. I don't even know which direction I'm going to go with my first spring depth chart. I have no clue, dude, because I don't know how they're going to list it. Because whatever they put them, like, they're going to use Caleb Burton in multiple spots. I think. I think. And then a lot of ors and ands. And then how high are they on Robert Lewis, the transfer from Georgia State? Because 
that's where we saw so much Nick Mardner last spring out wide. Like we saw so much of that. And that's kind of the closest thing that we have as far as, you know, a transfer with a lot of experience coming in. So I'm kind of expecting to see that again. Like it would not shock me if the first starting group of receivers were Cam Coleman, Robert Lewis, and Caleb Burton at the slot. That would not shock me. But Jay Fair is a starter, I think. So I, I, I don't know. It's a great problem to have. We were not in this situation a year ago. Yeah, it's, I mean, we're, we're like, we have too many options at wide receiver that could all be really good. Like, that's the hard part, right? Well, um, wait till Perry Thompson gets here. Golly. Like, you, we could spend all of this time right now working on this just for it to get blown up in the summer when Perry Thompson gets here and is like, I'm going to be one of those three starters. I just hate to break it to you. I mean, it's um, really amazing how much they flipped this room. And it's going to be young. We're going to deal with growing pains. And there's going to be times where it's like, oh, he's, these kids are 18. They're they brought in years five old. guys, though. Mm-hmm. And they're all and they're all good guys. And Sam Jackson. Yeah, six if you count Sam Jackson. Four yeah, freshmen. Six, I, I and guess, then, yeah. Yeah, Sam Jackson and... Um, Robert Lewis. And Robert Lewis, yeah. And then, you know, you compare those six to the guys that they lost. Jair Shorter, Shane Hooks, Nick Martin, Mari Kelly, Malcolm Johnson, and Javaris Johnson. It's like, that is an upgrade. Like, you that like, is what, an five, upgrade. You went like five for six on your swaps, if not six for six. Sam Jackson's an unknown quantity, but like you went like at least five or six on your upgrades, right? That's yeah. Insane. And like, and normally Javaris Johnson would stink, but like losing him would stink, but that's not really the position where you need help. You need help on outside receivers. So, yeah. Um. All right. Cool. So, yeah. So, folks, give us your, uh, your receiver depth chart down below. We're on socials. Genuinely curious. Genuinely curious. <laughs> Lindsay, how can people check out everything you've got going on? Uh, so I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. It's the hub for everything. Uh, MLB, Bravesoday.com. Ton of content right now. Minor League Baseball, Locked at MLB Prospects. Auburn Baseball, AuburnDaily.com. I've got some stuff dropping this week, previewing this new squad. We are two weeks away from Auburn Baseball, folks. Get excited. Let's go. Yes. Let's go. We are very excited. We are very excited for sure. You can find all my written work at AuburnDaily.com as well. Please like this video. Please subscribe to the channel, and we'll see you tomorrow. This has been Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.